everybody, and welcome to another blistering summer edition of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, and we are blessed to be with you. What is it? What does blistering mean? I don't know. It just, it's just a great adjective. Yeah, I like it, it. It's kind Sounds of felt painful. that way. But you and I have been very grateful thinking about these days of heat and humidity relative to four or five months ago. We've been very conscious yes. of the fact that five months from now, people may be complaining about how cold it is. Maybe. So appreciate the warm weather. <laughs> it's like going to Florida in our backyard, right? Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. And we're so blessed to have air conditioning, I must say. I mean, what a great invention. So anyways, so folks, um, tonight... Family Road Trip Podcast, Episode 6, in just a few moments, but uh, an announcement first. Um, Do you need a drum roll? No, not really, but I was listening to something provocative a few weeks ago on EWTN, a respectable theologian whose name I forget, but essentially he was saying, the Holy Spirit is the consoler, and Jesus Christ, in a very real sense, is the offender. Now, that may offend us, but if you really read attentively the New Testament, certainly God wants to console us with the heart of Christ, wants us to know his love. Yes, but he came to, if you will, vet us for the kingdom, to reveal the landscape of the kingdom, which we cannot create, a truth we cannot create, but a truth that created us. And there are very real consequences for us either choosing to be on that path or not be on that path. And Jesus was not afraid of articulating that. In today's reading in Matthew, he says, Woe to you! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. He goes on to say, as he's done in numerous times, it would be better for those in Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Um, So let's not gloss over that. Jesus came to offend with the heart of the Father because he desires us to choose heaven. And you know, if you really study scripture, numerous times it says only few will make it. The path is narrow and few are the ones who will be there. This is not Greg's ideas. This is God who loves us, who desires us to be with him and paves the way for us to do that. Why am I saying all this? Because Jesus was speaking to a religious culture. He was speaking to those who presumed to be on that path. They were dotting the I's and crossing the T's of their religion. How many of us, and we have to look in the mirror, are we honestly considering, am I on that path? Do I have the heart of God? Am I following that way? Well, here is one, if you will, litmus test of many. If we are not actively evangelizing, likely we ourselves have not been evangelized. I'll say it again. If we are not in the very nature of what we do and what we say and how we act, if we're not actively with the heart of Christ wanting to lead them to eternal life, which is the whole purpose of our existence on this earth, we have not been evangelized. Because if we've encountered the love of God, we cannot help but communicate that love of God to everybody we know. We cannot help but structure our marriages and families and make that our primary purpose in this life. So I'll say it again. Think about your last day. Think about the last week, the last month, the last year. How many can say, I came to know Jesus Christ because of this person? It really should be dozens, if not hundreds, because it is our sole purpose on this earth. So why am I saying all this by way of a commercial? Right now, it may even be you in this category. It's all of us to some extent. Can you think of one person more in need of knowing God's love? 
a family member, a spouse, a child, somebody right now who's languishing because, you know, the spinning stuff around us, the absence of a sense of God. Can you think of one person who comes to mind? The next question would be, what are you doing about it? Because right now I'm inviting you to do something about it. We have been led our team to offer this evening, not about us, not our great idea, but like John the Baptist, to point to Jesus on July 31st, Wednesday at Holy Trinity for what we're calling Reignite. If you're familiar with Ignite, it's really a powerful encounter in the very presence of Jesus Christ. Well, we're calling this Reignite. So Wednesday, July 31st at 6.30, Father Mike Danderan, the wonderful pastor there, is going to really conclude his six-week series has been on making the most out of Mass. And this will be the seventh week where we all gather together. Anybody in this region is welcome to encounter Christ truly present to us. And we're blessed to have seminarian Curtis Weisenberger, who's going to share his testimonial. He is assigned to Holy Trinity Parish. And leading worship that night is going to be Brendan O'Rourke, a very gifted worship leader from Damascus CYSC who will be joining us. So I'm going to say it again. If you haven't been evangelized, likely you're not evangelizing. So if that's you, come for yourself, which we all ought to anyways, because we can all stand to be more evangelized, more to receive this grace. But if you're really in the game It's so simple. Extend this invitation to somebody you know. Invite them to join you. Free registration at ilovemyfamily.us. So don't take it from Greg. If it's just me, disregard it. Rip it up and throw it away. But if you encounter Christ who you know wants us to know the Father, wants us to be drawing others into his presence, if you believe that, if you know that, it's between God and you. Respond right now with us. Invite family and friends to join you for this Reignite event on Wednesday July 31st, 6.30 p.m. at Holy Trinity. Again, you can find out more on that at ilovemyfamily.us. And just those of you who aren't familiar with Ignite at all, it's a beautiful evening of adoration done in a very special, unique way, um, as Greg said, with word, witness, and worship. So over the years that we have been blessed to be a part of these Ignites, there have been so many beautiful stories of transformation of spiritual healings, of physical healings, and just a real sense of um, of grace and growth and community, and just the the theme, if you will, of the night is hearts burning within us. And boy, is that ever mm. true! God is so good. As Catholics, we need to just treasure and. Um, embrace all of those moments that we have to come in front of the Lord like that. Can and, we wait to get stay on the sidelines any longer, really? I mean, look at the, the political, ecclesial situation, the world around us. What are, what are we waiting for? Is these freedoms that have been purchased for us, sacrificially by people we've never met, and all of these blessings that we have. We're blessed to be blessers. That's the soul. Every blessing you and I have is meant to be blessers. Are we aligning those with the heart of God for the purpose he's intended. What are we holding back for? So certainly, again, we should be doing it in our marriages, families, and homes with the heart of God, with that heart of love, but certainly, super easy, invite people. And I love, um, one of the things I love the most about the Ignites is it's so intergenerational, right? You have the older generation there with all of their wisdom and prayers and all that they bring down to little ones and especially families. I really encourage Mm -hmm. you to come as families to unite yourselves in that way in front of our Eucharistic Lord and to come before the Lord. There's Mm -hmm. a special um, time during the ignite where you are invited to come closer to him. Um, And again, just powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. moments that God has just been so generous in blessing 
um, different people with over these years. So register now at ilovemyfamily.us. You'll see the link. It's right there. It's free. And don't just be a consumer. Too many consumers. Consumers haven't been evangelized. They're just consuming. You know, riding the spiritual roller coaster round and round, up and down, coming right back to where they began, on to the next ride. We need more than spiritual roller coaster Catholics. I want to be more than a spiritual roller coaster Catholic. More than Catholic junkies who are going from program to program. I want to be all in. And the Holy Spirit is moving right now. He's pressing in on us. Then the question is, are we receiving? Are we repenting, as Christ says, which is to turn, turning from just Catholic programism to being fully alive in the power of the Spirit and being moved in him. Not just tactics or learned techniques that we know. He really wants to inhabit our hearts. And again, if you haven't experienced that in a while, you need to be reignited. Join us. Again, July 31st, Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Holy Trinity Parish. And now, what you've all been waiting for, the sixth stop of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Buckle up. Welcome to another very special episode, your favorite time of the week, the Family Road Trip Podcast. Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our four very dear, wonderful, and dare I say, heroic couples. That's an awesome word, heroic. Why do you say heroic, Steph? Besides the fact that you 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 have used it, I like the word courageous, but I'll okay, go with go heroic. With courageous, it's fine. No, hero is kind of cool. Okay. So, just in today's culture, in particular, how it really is a sign of hero heroism. Yeah, <laughs> is yep. that the right it word? It is. Yep. Um, just to, as we like to use the phrase, put the flag in the sand to really carve out that dedicated time, focused, intentional time to grow in prayer, in conversation as a family, just to go deeper, regardless of the age of your children or however long you've been married. Um, Just the uh, choice to do that Mm. is almost countercultural now. And and it really is a choice. Mm. And we all have good reasons why we don't want to make the time or reasons why, you know, oh, we'll do it later or it's really not that big of a deal or we're good enough or at least we don't do fill fill in the blank. And... So I just want to thank and commend these awesome, awesome people, these heroic people. Yes, absolutely. And if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, the image of a road under foreboding skies with lightning striking the road up ahead, you know, I I think it's, as Steph just indicated, it's more realistic because when we think about every week minimally bringing our family together for a meaningful time of talking and praying, that's what may be going off within us. You know, I'm too busy. All the things Steph said, our kids, they're already into their own things. They're going to grump. They're going to complain about they're going to push back but on the other side of that road which you don't see but i promise you is true when you hear the testimony of these awesome travelers with us here we discover the delight and the joy on the other end you know hopefully you'll feel a tug in your own heart to make it happen we only have these beautiful kids under our roof typically maybe 18 years the reality is such a short period of time a rare time for us to really discover them and let them discover us and forge those bonds for eternal life truly to forge those bonds for eternal life. And even if you've sort of lost ground, your kids are already in high school and you know that they're going to resist, you know, trust me, and all the studies demonstrate this, that their greatest 
admiration, even though they don't tell you and you have very little indication, but their greatest admiration is for you, their parents. So press in through the awkwardness, press in through the difficulty and just embrace it and see what happens. Again, you find the gathering guide at ilovemyfamily.us. Discover the difference God wants to make. So let's get it started in First of all, we're going to go around and each of our wonderful travelers are going to simply share, now that we're into the sixth stop of our seven stop journey, one difference, positive difference, this lit time is making for you personally. Let's begin with the Hunter Brinkers. Um, for me, I think it's been, um, as we wrap up our lit time together um where we share something we want prayers for for the upcoming week or something we want to work on um a lot of times for me it's like you know more patience with the kids but to verbalize that out loud with the kids um it helps to hold me accountable for my actions more whether in my mind just thinking oh mm. this is what i need to do awesome brett uh for me it's definitely been as the as the male head of the house trying to get my family to heaven to see my children um, go deeper every week, not just answer, you know, one word answers or something like that to actually apologize to their sibling or apologize to mom or dad um, mm. without us forcing it out of them um, when they, when they hit them each other or something like that. But so it's, it's, see, it's to see them go deeper uh, is really, really great. Awesome. Thank you. Hummusins. It has caused me to ask these questions to my kids throughout the week. So mm. not just once a week, mm. but a great model for me to um, think about ways I can engage the kids through the week because you just get so busy doing day-to-day things and the kids are mm. in all different directions. And it's so easy just to not think about those things. So it's been a great way for me to um, think about this throughout the week and ask them these questions throughout the week. Awesome. Jeff? I think we're on the verge of something big, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> I love you, Jeff. <clears throat> but I I do, and I, I don't think any of us are going to be laying on our deathbeds going, gosh, I, <laughs> I wish I would have got the, new, the newer Ford. These are the things that matter in our families. Thanks, Jeff. Benars. So as we're doing this on Sunday mornings, um, we have breakfast and then we have this prayer together. I see that out the door, it's um, helping me to have a lot more patience, just getting ready for mass and getting out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, That's huge. And then That's huge, right? It is for us because I, I feel like there was always a big push and then we would you know, get agitated with one another. And I think, gosh, we're going to mass. Why are we so... We were so irritated. Right. And I think most families resonate with that, Catherine. And there was some quote once that said something about like the devil's favorite time is the, you know, 30 minutes before mass. <laughs> I would have to agree. <laughs> but this, this really, this really has changed a lot of, a lot for me. Um, and also just being able to move into mass um, mm. really more peacefully and just really focused at mass. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. Bronco, and before you answer, just I want to hear your magnificent Slovak name in its fullness, in its full beauty. 
pronounced here for us and our wonderful listeners. Branislav. Branislav. I'm not going to attempt to say that, but it is awesome. Uh, how have you personally been impacted through this time? I am a little bit more attuned to my kids and seeing them more individually in a way that that makes me a little bit more patient and maybe a little bit more kind. Like I have a tendency to just kind of order them, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to do this. I kind of call myself like, okay, just, you know, slow down and talk. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what I resonate with huge, we shift into a gear. We're in a gear all week. And um, to take the time and shift out of that go get it done, logistical, heady gear to be relational and personal in the way our kids really want us is an invitation for us to die to ourselves. And the grace that flows from it when we do that. So that's awesome. I relate to that totally. Daniels. For me personally, one way that I've known a difference is our daily commitment that we make. Mm. I have a tendency to be a, as we read in the the gospel this week, um, a Martha, um, who just does, 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 and doesn't take time to, um, I'm constantly reminding myself to take time to sit and be with Jesus. So Mm. um, we have changed our commitments every week, but most of them have involved um, every day a time to be with Jesus. And so that's been great for me because it's something that I always struggle with and always need um, to do more of. So that's been great for me. That's awesome. Real awesome. Thank you, Jen. Matt? Yeah, for me, um, I think it's something I really didn't expect to happen. I guess how surprised I am by how our kids will answer certain questions. And so I often find myself like looking right at Jen after one of the kids will say something that's like profound or like we just hadn't expected to hear from you know a, a kid that's ages seven and younger right and I think as parents those have become again it was a surprise I, I don't think I ever anticipated um, I guess hearing from my kids in, in ways that would surprise me so much and it's been a real blessing um, that's been part of this whole process so I'm incredibly thankful for that that Folks, you are with us along the journey of the Family Road Trip podcast. And again, just a metaphor of the journey of life. Just a small little snapshot of the great, amazing adventure all of us have by virtue of being part of families. And again, uh, what is that? It's to receive God's grace alive in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships. And we, we've said it before, but it, it merits being said again. A lot of times in the busyness, this requires kind of ritualizing it. It requires saying in the midst of all the craziness, as for me and my house, once a week, we're going to put a flag in the sand and we're going to follow a sacred, uh, we're going to set up a sacred space for us to, you know, discuss and discover more about each other with questions and daily questions, and then do the readings where we encounter God alive, but not just 
on a chalkboard, heady sort of way, but really in a relevant, engaging way. You know, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you? So that's sort of a setting for what Matt had just said. It's sort of what they get to face by choice, and all those on this road trip are choosing to experience every week. And you also kind of get that that's the light on the other side of the lightning we spoke of. That's the light on the other side of awkwardness and difficulty that we face in bringing the family together. There's going to be the obstacle. Um, but really, is there any treasure greater than discovering it alive in one another and creating that foundation for the future with our children, our family, the capacity to talk and pray and to apologize and all that awesome stuff. So again, we direct you to ilovemyfamily.us. So that was the first round, and let's go around again. This time, just get a bit of an overview for how your lit group went this past week. Let's start with the Hunter Brinkers. Yeah, we took a page out of the Bernard's uh, handbook and uh, did our Saturday morning, though, uh, over breakfast. Um, so we changed mm-hmm. it up a little bit from the evenings after dinner. Um, and I felt like the kids actually were a little bit more attentive mm-hmm. uh, and with a full belly right. and eating right there at the table. So uh, it, it was nice. It was, it, was, it was a good change of pace. Uh, and I think the kids really enjoyed it. Awesome. That's great. Sometimes just a change up like that um, can make a big difference too. Very cool. Hummusins. Um, actually, they're getting better each week. I think as the kids know what to expect and they their answers are more thoughtful. I think our gospel reflections are getting better each mm-hmm. week as we're building our relationship with Christ. It really is an opportunity for them to become better friends with Jesus. And so it's easier to talk about certain things. So it's like getting to know a friend mm. better all the time. And it's it's just been a great opportunity. And we always get a kick of the little ones too. <laughs> Lorena, who of course, she's always giving the same, you know, similar answers. She just wants us all to be healthy and happy. And oh, <laughs> that's you know, awesome. Awesome. It's just, I, I love the family dynamics of it all. So it's just getting better each time. So, so Thank beautiful. Banars. It is getting much better. This time we actually got through the whole thing. There was no resistance from any woo, of the, woo, woo. the wow. children. Awesome. <laughs> um, I think they just kind of recognize that it's real, you know, that we are committed to it. And so that's great. It's real. I think they can start to, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. You know what I mean? Totally like, know there, what you mean. Yes. There were some good, good moments when it was time to apologize. You know, the, one of the children didn't have anything to apologize for. So we talked about you can bring also if some if you have something against, mm-hmm. if you you know if somebody did something or say something mm-hmm. that, that somehow offended you or hurt you. So we explained that, but then I actually kind of brought something just to kind of show what it is. Mm-hmm. And he accepted it very well. That's awesome. Uh, which, which is really awesome, really. Because That's like great. Very, because it tends to get sometimes emotionally, you touch a nerve, you know, mm-hmm. or something. And people For any age, get right? Defensive. Yeah, yeah, people will get defensive, but uh, I think there is a trust building a little bit. I love the subplot, whatever, phraseology there may be, of the Benar story. Folks, if you listened to episode five last week's of the Family Road Trip podcast, you hear it with a bit of humor and amusement, maybe some angst woven in there, but honesty of the Benar speaking of their family lit gathering and the time of apology, which itself needed apologies within that. But the beauty of just doing it anyways and creating greater comfort greater ease among family members, diminishing some of those tensions 
and emotional qualities so that it can really just be a normal part of life. And folks, how awesome it would be if our family members knew that our emphasis is not on appearing holy or trying to appear holy, but on actually becoming holy when they get that from their parents, that, hey, it's okay. You know, it's okay for us to um, really address and acknowledge these ways that God wants to bless us and anoint us. And oh, by the way, as parents, we get to do that together. We get the journey with you kids in acknowledging these ways of deficiency that God wants to build up in us. And we're the context to help support and encourage each other. So very blessed, um, Bronco and Catherine, by your testimony, your honesty, and how that particular facet is, uh, is playing out. The Daniels family. lit gathering this week was um it was good i will say we, so uh, for those that have been listening know we have five kids seven and under so lots of littles and so distraction is always an issue um but i just felt like maybe this week it was even more so of an issue um it seemed like every other sentence was going somewhere else right um, so right. we really struggled to, to kind of keep everyone focused um this this week and, and maybe we should take note and um, from the people who have done it in the morning and try that because we've always tried the evening. Um, but I will say one really um, positive moment from our, our gathering this week was when we were discussing the gospel and we read it through and then asked the kids, um, you know, what what do you think? What did you what did you learn? What what do you think of the you know what do you think of the reading? And they all just kind of looked at us. Um, <laughs> we kind of like gave some context. Matt kind of gave some context to the reading, and then I read it through a second time and just kind of um, changed a few of the words just to make it more kid so friendly. Could, yeah, more mm-hmm. kid friendly words, and and that was something that we hadn't done before, and. It was really um, amazing then asking that question again, and they really had some great insight. Um, so awesome. that was, yeah, so that was encouraging. Great yeah. job with your perseverance. Because Absolutely. That's when the that's when it counts, right? And the, the, the fact that you weren't discouraged by the realities of life, of family, of littles, like you say, you know, you're going to have the distraction. Some weeks will go more smoothly than others, but the fact that you you know, just pushed through it and and kept going and the fruit that came from that. So folks, there's one word that really came to mind is Jenny Daniels was just speaking about reaching the kids and trying to be engaging and relevant with them and, you know, the gospel. You're not a heretic if you change some words and try to make it accessible. And one word, that one word is incarnational. As the word, which is Jesus Christ, though he was with God up in the heavens, you know, he took on flesh and blood. He spoke the language of the people that he entered. He used metaphors and examples um, to try to connect with them and analogies. And this is, I think, um, a beautiful gift that God does give parents to connect with their children uh, more than just sort of a hardcore, we're just going to read through this and go through the motions. No, that rule number three, and you'll know what I mean if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, simple one-page gathering guide. The rule number one is love. Number two is create the environment roughly. And three is make it your own. You know, the greatest and most important thing here as parents in gathering with our children is creating an atmosphere of encounter and is specifically making the gospel relevant to them. Uh, in words 
that they can understand. So Jenny, thank you so much. And the example of all of these four couples who are endeavoring to do this and how, as you heard them say in the very beginning, it's blessing them. That was awesome. So blessed to have you all along the road, along the ride here with the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're going to go around one more time, and I want to ask each couple, one of you, to share obstacles that you're seeing overcome through your lit group. What are some obstacles you're seeing overcome through the lit group? And I want to emphasize again that image at ilovemyfamily.com, the foreboding skies again, lightning, yada, 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 um, that we are presented with obstacles and that gives us an opportunity to participate in the cross. That's a whole nature of the Mass, the sacrifice of the Mass, that we connect with the difficulties and obstacles in our life. Too much, we're trying to avoid them. We're trying to minimize them, and we, we miss the joy and the delight that awaits on the other side. So uh, I'm looking forward to each of you pronouncing this because I think it's good for all of our listeners to know that the obstacles signal opportunities. With that setting, let's begin with the Hunter Breakers. I think um, for our kids, I know Brett kind of said it they're used to saying oh I don't know when we ask them you know one of the questions and that's their kind of go-to answer but as we do this um they're starting to answer more so I think they're overcome overcoming either you know insecurities or lack of confidence in having a answer that may be acceptable or proper um so that's been kind of neat to see and then even for myself um like I think back in college I think I shied away from you know some of the discussion led or discussion-based student group activities, especially the Catholic ones, because I lacked confidence in giving an answer, but as the parent here, we have to be the leaders in this. So it's overcoming that lack of confidence in myself to have the quote-unquote right answer for our kids. That's wonderful, wonderful. Hemisons. So much to learn and know. Uh, Siblings can have tension, and uh, in the beginning, people were talking over each other now they're not so much and more listening skills are uh, being developed so that when someone's speaking they're you know being more respectful and listening and and uh and and you know the the, maybe some of that tension isn't there you know between teenagers it can happen that's huge that's awesome it is huge and i know that it's a Um, a challenge that we face as our kids get older. Just that virtue of knowing that we can bless another by listening, by entering into their world, by being curious about what lies in their hearts in the words that they're saying, and asking questions about what moves them instead of, let's face it, a tendency we may all have of wanting to just spout out what's in our head or our heart, that selfishness that maybe um, is natural to us, but we're depriving ourselves of the grace of listening, the grace of experiencing another's world. So just that rule and fos- of listening to another, being attentive to another, love, of fostering that, folks, what an awesome gift that would be. Imagine if we could see it more than even just live at gathering time, but in our homes to cultivate that genuine love and interest. So thanks so much, Jeff. Benares. I see the breaking down of defensiveness in our daily interactions and the uh, there's, there's more vulnerability um, and more spontaneous um, apologies. Even from little Vincent, there are more oh. apologies. <laughs> That's awesome. Very, very cool. Daniels. The Livet Guide is providing us an opportunity to like work out or to flex like our family muscle. 
You know what I mean? Like, mm, great I, image. A I'm a football way. player, nonetheless. Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't know a better way to, a better metaphor to use, but but it's helping us do like like have real family time. Like and and not that not that like we hung out on Saturday, which we did all day, mm-hmm. and we had fun outside. Like that like that was great family time. But I think it's helped us to a family time that's purposeful and and directed um and and we're we're practicing apologizing we're practicing um like reflecting on our week and and working on like we're we're practicing virtue right and like you said earlier like like being heroic in virtue like that's what we're all working toward and and the family like like you said before like the whole reason we're doing this is that is that we're um we're strengthening that muscle that that mm. is helping us to eventually become a saint um it's again something that i'm not sure i i didn't anticipate that as being part of what would happen but i i, I that's a reality this muscle we keep working out as a family every week such a great image so moved folks by these um four families that have said yes to this journey and it occurs to me as i'm hearing them bless us with their candor of the struggles and the victories that are happening as they take this time every week to talk and pray. It occurs to me that it may, you know, seem a bit odd, you know, that why do we need to do this to experience, if you will, the goal, to mine the goal that is in our family relationships? Like, why can't this just be an ordinary, organic part of life? And if you're thinking that in some respect, as you should be, you know, like, why does it have to be structured, all that formal? Why does it have to be formality or whatever? If you're thinking that, you're right on. And I think the answer is because we don't. Because we, we don't, you know, call, find these moments in our homes, and it takes some steps to rediscover it. And hopefully it, it's going to overflow from these moments. I picture the Ten Commandments moment when Moses put his staff in the water and, you know, the blood spreads, you know. In this case, it's that blood of life, that, that flag in the sand by doing these livid gatherings causes it to seep into the rest of the home. And it teaches us again, if you will, of the currency, literally the currency of relationship that, that, you, that is truly a participation in the relationships of the Trinity. It is a godly, holy, sacred thing happening here. And I think it's so important to say this because too often we may be, the best of us may go to Mass, pray the Rosary, all wonderful things, sources of grace. But maybe we don't know how that's meant to flow into real life. How is that meant to flow into our ordinary interactions? And, you know, if we really believe this, as we should, the delight and the joy and the enemy sees that we are closest to God when we're doing this, will you hear these wonderful people testify to? If the enemy hates us because we're most like God when we do this, what's he going to do? He's going to introduce distractions. He's going to introduce digital devices. He's going to isolate us. He's going to want us to do anything but be honest transparent, authentic. He's going to make us cower in the presence of our own awkwardness or insecurities because we've allowed that to get down the road too far. So if that's you tonight, um, anybody out there and to all of us in degrees, just know that you've got, we have a loving father who's revealed this truth and, and would not be separated from us that he sent his own son, Jesus, to reveal to us this total transparency 
and clarity and communication of the quality of the kingdom, which is all about what? Intimacy. God desires this intimacy that we all yearn for. We yearn to love and we yearn to be loved. And our families are the fundamental places that God ordained to be that place to happen. So, folks, that's what we're really all about in, uh, in experiencing this together, journeying together, get, getting past the awkwardness and the obstacles to more fully experience the kingdom truly. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Would God ask us to pray the Lord's Prayer without providing the means for it to happen? So blessed to be with all of you on this sixth stop of this seven-week journey, the Family Road Trip Podcast. And uh, we just hope tonight that you know how truly and deeply God does love you and desire us to experience that love, not just to be in our heads as a fact, but as a person whom we encounter, persons we encounter, persons whom we get to emulate in our own relationships. Don't miss the opportunity. Until next week, God bless Greg and Steph back live here with you, Ignite Radio Live. That was the sixth stop, as you heard. Last ne- last one is going to be next week. Before Steph introduces our guest in the balance of our time, I just want to restate the commercial from the beginning, and that is we all need to know God more deeply, and we all know somebody who needs to know God's love. Hear his voice, not mine. Hear his voice speaking and appealing to you to come unto him, to, to experience your heart burning within you, and invite others to experience that also, a life-changing, healing, transforming encounter, Wednesday, July 31st, 6.30 p.m., Holy Trinity. Go to ilovemyfamily.us right now, sign up for free, and bring that friend. Steph. So, without further ado, the secret guest live in studio, who's always live in studio with us on soundboard, our awesome, wonderful, very dear dude of a son, John voice. Paul Schleter. Howdy. How about that? Crackle so of my the voice. reason of the crackly voice is the reason you guys that all need to replace your speakers. Decided <laughs> all the speakers, not the voice. Um, to have him on as our special guest, and so it was a deliberate decision to go right there to ask him to share where he was last week and what the Lord did in his life. I just want to proclaim the scripture that we love to proclaim here on Ignite Radio Live over Annunciation Radio from Revelation. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, our Holy Mass, and the word of their testimony. And we just heard such awesome, wonderful words of that from our four couples. And now we are blessed to hear J.P. Schleter bringing it live here so tonight. jay what is damascus cysc give us an overview of that and tell us about your last week's experience what struck you yeah so cysc stands for catholic youth summer camp and i guess really the most simple way to put it is it's a place where you can discover that your catholic faith is anything but boring mm-hmm. um so they do that primarily through high adventure activities which translates into high um, adventure faith. So high adventure activities, they've got paintball, they've got rock wall, they've got archery tag, um, to name a few, just lots of amazing activities. And then, um, they bring a lot of faith into that. And then in the evenings is more of like the faith centered focused 
time of adoration, worship, messaging, small group, et cetera, et cetera. So CYSC.com is a place, folks, you can find out more for grade school and high school kids every summer. They do retreats and stuff outside of that. And they've expanded the camp this year brand new to double the size. I think they're looking at roughly 4,000 retreatants eventually capacity through the seven or eight weeks. And Big John moves. Paul, so what did you do last week? Tell us about your role and how that played out. So last week I worked on counselor staff, which means that I had nine Ninth grade boys uh, in my group who are all world changers. And, and all you lost was your voice? And all I lost <laughs> and my sleep. voice. A little bit of sleep and a little bit of sanity. But, um, but all it's all well, for the and Lord. God is good. So, amen. So, yeah, that's what I did. Just led the boys uh, through the different activities. Through small group, I was sort of their point person with regard to discussion with regard to leadership and yeah super blessed to be with them all so go ahead sorry so um experiencing these young men um what did it tell you about the culture that they came from mm. can you kind of give us a little backdrop about um yeah what that was like so it was actually really cool because I saw in them a little bit of myself because the first time I went to CYC was going into ninth grade. And so it was the same thing for all nine of my boys. So it was kind of cool just experiencing again what I experienced for the first time. But a big difference was that um, our family culture is very different than regular society. And um, I knew that I had a place to fall back on with regard to my faith, I had a place where my faith was not only supported, but it was like challenged to grow. And that was such a blessing for me. For these uh, boys, they didn't really have that. Um, definitely, they they grew a lot over camp, and the Lord blessed them a lot. Um, but they, they were all in a lot of challenges, which they shared, and a lot of things that I had to work through as a counselor was that realization of, okay, I'm here for a week, but after this, I'm just going to go back to a family culture that's not mm. the most uplifting um, to my faith that cares more about just watching TV Sunday mornings um, than going to Mass or um, even just like buying me a video game so I can stay out of their lives. And that was heartbreaking for me to see and work through with them. From your experience, John Paul, and let me just back up a second, because what comes to mind is a particular priest in our diocese, I think, who had said, folks, get Snapchat chat the hell off your kids' phones. And I use <laughs> hey, that hey, word. Hey. No, it's in Scripture, and I mean it in that sense. Get the it's hell real. off your phone. It's real. Get it the hell off your phones, because I see what it's doing for your kids' souls, and it's leading them straight to hell. Now, he's speaking of a facet. So you're speaking, and with these kids, um, roughly your culture, a few years you're younger, who are allowed... Um, in parental conventional culture wisdom to get their kids' cell phones, in most cases unmonitored, add to it video games. Obviously, there's good things in there. Let's acknowledge it. We're not, you know, we see that positivity can happen, but by and large, what's it doing? Speak to parents. Yeah, so Snapchat, first of all, as this priest would say, calls it the devil's playground. Um, because it's just one of those things where, like, you never know what's going to show up. It's not just, even even if you are only friends slash following um, slash adding people that you know and people that you trust, um, there's this thing called ads, which companies will pay for. And very often, especially just in marketing systems, 
they recognize that different companies recognize that immodesty is a way to get clicks and a way to get buyers and so you can't run away from the ads and so that's always going to pop up and then also just there's this thing called a feed which will just have different popular things show up so it's just not a great place in general what's interesting is with my boys um it wasn't really snapchat or social media that was too much of an issue it was just video games um i've never hated video games so much in my entire life (laughs) i recognize that there's good in it i've had my own fun playing different games with some friends i grew up in a culture yeah where we didn't we didn't have it so i enjoy it for sure but I just recognize, like, I actually had to do battle with Satan over their addiction to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I never realized how much it was a demonic influence. Not necessarily the video games in themselves, but just it became an attachment that kept them from living. And, like, they were so dead. And the Lord brought a lot of life into that. One of my campers actually... He told me this. I don't know if he followed through. I pray that he did, but that he was going to take an axe to his PS4. Um, so, like, there's there's a lot of really good mindset changes that occurred. But yeah, just realizing how much of an influence video games can be uh, and how the devil uses that to keep us from living an abundant life. Quick commercial, folks. Catherine Price is an author. Check out her book, How to Break Up with Your Phone. It's not as radical as everybody should break up with their phone. She's very balanced. She doesn't write from a Catholic Christian perspective. She t- discusses all the, the popular sociology, neurology, all of the things sociologically that are that these scientists are discovering are extremely dangerous to uh, relationships, to a whole realm of things. It is worth reading and understanding. And for our kids, so John Paul has his own cell phone, uh, and others, but we have definitely made them discuss them with them. We have filters on our phones and such. I cannot say this strong enough. So shift a little bit, John Paul. So these kids, um, yes, they're at CYC D- Damascus, but th- they're wired just like all of God's children, whether our listeners' kids went or not. What are these kids yearning for most in their homes? And what can you tell parents steps to take to get past, let's just name it, awkwardness to foster that kind of culture? Yeah, great question. Um, I can't say for everyone, but I think in general, what everybody wants is just to live, like to live a real life. Like I very often will ask people the question just like, uh, don't you think that there's something more to life than this? So um, whether it be video games, whether it be work, whether just whatever it may be, don't you think that there's something more to life than this? And um, the kids are asking themselves that question in their own family culture. And they love their parents. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about how it's hard for them to show. And the reason why it's often hard for them to show, as they might explain, is because it's not shown to them directly. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, and I had to pour this out to them, is that, like, their parents are providing for them. Like, that's so self-dying of their parents and, like, such a loving thing from their parents. But um, it's just not expressed in the home. And so... For parents, I just say express your love to your children. Um, yeah, it's. I think very often we'll go to different books or different videos or share different videos on Facebook about parenting and about loving children, but like that's where it ends, and like it's really not that complicated of a thing. Mm-hmm. I think like we try to overcomplicate things a lot, and it's like mm-hmm. if you are 
um, you have to pray this much before you can talk to your child or else you're a hypocrite mm-hmm. or um, you have to do this, 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 this. And, and it's not so much as like, all of that, whatever that may be, but just love your child and express it and tell them that you love them and have conversations with them that matter. Um, I think very often the kids' conversations with their parents are focused entirely on logistics and life and not actually about their lives. And um, and that's killing them. And like That's all they begin to focus on with their parents are just sort of coaches, like people to get them from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it, not actually parents. And so I just encourage any parents listening to literally just tell your kid right now, I love you. Um, I hope you know that. And like just that in itself speaks volumes. Little commercial folks also. I know John Paul, I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but our Live It Gathering Guide is really an endeavor to make this facilitated. Yes, it's structured, it's ritual, whatever, got it. But it's to learn to ask questions, to learn to be empathetic and be attuned. What's a struggle? What's a challenge? What's something that's moving you to ask our kids these questions every day? And they learn to tap our hearts beyond the logistics and, and to do with other parents who are leaning into it. And you heard the Road Trip podcast. We don't need to say more about that. But I just want to say it. Jake, by the time we have left, um, I also want to ask you the question, move in the direction of... Can I ask a quick question first? You are, yes, I'm totally dear. interrupting you, and I'm okay with that in this moment. <coughs> just because, John Paul, I want you to, if you don't mind, touch on one other thing mm-hmm. from CYSC. It's very Eucharistic-centered. Yeah. Um, can you speak to that? What was the impact of that on the kids and you personally? Uh, so starting just with me personally, I rediscovered my love for the Eucharist. Um, just being, I mean, you go to mass every single day. And so you're going to mass every single day accompanied with all of the other faith enriching things that go on at camp. It's very hard not to fall in love with the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. So like just being back home, uh, I can attest to just my desire to receive Jesus in communion more often and visiting him. Uh, like I just found myself so often just yearning, like I'd be at, paintball and just be like like can i fit in just a quick stop in the chapel just to like say hi to jesus so there's that with my campers um there's a recognition i think in their lives or a realization of just they can't live as christians without the eucharist um that it's the source and summit of their faith and everything flows from that so the eucharist is definitely like front and center Mm -hmm. at camp and i think the kids realize that and just even whether or not they recognize it. I had a Lutheran in my group and he just realized that the nights in which there was Jesus present in the monstrance and the, well in the Eucharist and the monstrance, like those were the most powerful like nights for him. And he was like, I don't know what exactly is going on here, but something is going on. And I think it's the Eucharist. So yeah. Um, so I'd say that heaven comes to earth. Any other thoughts or insights that you want to share from your week? Yeah, so I would say <laughs> this one right here is so I would say the most rough time I had at camp hmm. was the very end, not because it was necessarily ending. Um, it was during the time of testimony, and it's so beautiful to hear the campers testify about their experience. But it was kind of heartbreaking for me because I would see campers go up and they they begin their testimony very often with. I've been here three years, four years, five years, whatever it may be, and had a great experience, but nothing really changed in my life. But this week, I just encountered Jesus in a real way, and 
um, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm sitting there listening, praising God for the ways in which he revealed himself to his children. And it's so beautiful. And I want to praise God in that and focus on that. But it's also just, you can't help but ask the question, what's going to keep history from repeating itself? Mm. And uh, for my own campers, it was kind of sad, and I mentioned the parents thing a little bit. I had two parents show up early in the day, and I would ask them, like, hey, how was your week? They're like, oh, it was great, because like they weren't there, referring to their kids. Mm. While the kid's standing right there, and it's mm, so hard, because it's like... We've just been pouring wow. out affirmation over the child right. for a whole week, and then like the parent just shows up, and you're like, and whether oh, or not, not they were kidding, yeah, it's still rough. Cool. And then right. so I just be like, hey, well, yeah, we have we have mass. Usually it ends with mass, and then people are free to go. And I was like, yeah, so like we have mass later. Like we'd be so blessed to have you guys attend. Um, like, oh no, like we're not going to that. And it's like. There's only so much you can do, but it's just like this is the culture that most of these kids are coming from, more or less. And so just these these kids will testify to their experience. I know all of my boys had such an incredible experience, and they testified about it. Um, and I continue to pray for them, continue to pray for an outpouring of the Spirit over their lives to give them courage and strength. But it, it, it's just really sad to see that like people have been coming like year after year after year after year after year and nothing really changes and Mm -hmm. i would attest that the reason of that is because of their family culture Mm -hmm. um they can only do so much by themselves god created us as communal beings um god created us in a family and without a family that's actually being a domestic church like i always the image of a domestic church is so powerful for me because it's like the ecclesial church imagine a church or parish that never prayed that never Mm -hmm. met together and Mm -hmm. prayed like we would Mm -hmm. be like okay that's not a real church like you guys are just a posers yeah it's just a fraternity or sorority or whatever it is but like um same thing applies i think to a domestic church like are you actually a church if you're not getting together and praying and talking and you need the church to live and many of these kids aren't going back to a church. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going back to fragmented relationships. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just heartbreaking for me. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely a difficult time. But, yeah, praising the Lord for all the breakthrough that he's happened. Whatever it may be, there was a seed that was planted. Absolutely. So. And we know that there are the stories of those kids who come home and transform their parents. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, um, as you know that's a very powerful thing also that the Lord uses. Yeah. There's but a, it is, can I just yeah, button real quick? Yeah. yeah. There's this, there's a uh, camper who came back to her school culture and very atheistic. And one of her atheist friends she saw had like a broken knee or something. And she just asked to pray for it. And she did. And like this person just was like slain in the spirit, started just singing in <laughs> opera randomly um and everybody was like what the oh, heck is going beautiful. on and that's this camper real. used it to just testify to the goodness of the lord and shared the gospel that's with real. her class or teachers and so like there are those stories and those aren't uncommon um so we praise the lord for that that's real so with a few minutes left folks we will hopefully uh continue to be engaged with john paul here who's signing off 
his production duties fairly soon. In the next few weeks, I want you to just give us a quick primer on the, the three-week tour of John Paul <laughs> Schleter. But just as a backdrop, folks, he is a, uh, not a senior graduate. He's going to Hillsdale College next year. Go John Chargers. Paul has a real passion for the good, beautiful, and the true, and the notion that the word became flesh isn't just a historical datum long ago, but as a norm for our world today, we are meant to make a difference in the real world. And John Paul has a passion for particularly engagement in politics. I you just want to say a word about your passion and connected to the next few weeks. And also, John Paul is a, a rising podcast, Uncommon Sense on YouTube, which is pretty awesome. But just sketch those things, John Paul. Your passion, Hillsdale in the next three weeks. Yeah, uh, my passion with regard to politics is more just making God known, making love known. And I think we can always talk the talk all we want, but politics is essentially just place, putting ideas into action. And that's what I see it as. And so that's why I'm passionate about it is just seeing real world issues. I'd rather not just talk about them, but actually do things about them. So um, next couple weeks, I will be flying out to LA, then DC, and then back to DC for a couple of different conferences where I will have the opportunity to uh, work with some different organiza conservative organizations to promote conservative ideas, as well as interview a lot of incredible people. So that will be happening, and then just going into Hillsdale. Uh, I just can't wait to be challenged, can't mm. wait to, to learn uh, Education, just liberal arts education especially, is so dignifying to the soul because you're pursuing truth mm -hmm. and we are created to be one with truth. And so the more knowledge of just truth that we know, the more one we become with God. So I'm looking forward to my time at Hillsdale. Fabulous. And we do pray for God's continued blessing on you, John Paul, and all those in your generation. Certainly, uh, Anne-Marie and Joseph, our, our daughter and son, are also this summer at uh, Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So it was awesome for us to be praying in a particular way. I know the three of our, our three eldest children were together and uh, during that week also. And I guess Gracie wasn't there that week, was she? The week? No, the week before. So we're definitely partnering strongly with Catholic Youth Summer Camp and other organizations to really see the kingdom come. And another commercial, folks, just all that we're talking about tonight um, God has revealed his love. He's revealed the truth in its fullness. He's revealed our nature. How awesome that our identity is sons and daughters of God in Jesus Christ. That's our nature. It's a very identity. And it's meant to be more than a fact. He wants us to, to know it deeply, to experience it. And so I just really invite you again right now to know that God is active. He's powerful. He's speaking into our lives. He wants to make a difference. We're not alone. You know, we're not meant to be in a field of dry bones ineffective but he wants to affect our lives so in the name of the father son and the holy spirit amen, amen. lord jesus you have us pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven may we do more than pray it but may we be instruments of its answer in abundance and to overflow for the glory of your name through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen God bless you.